Hello and welcome to the DFS Coach Talk Podcast. Today is Saturday, March 7th, and I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and I am joined by one of the more respected GPP players in the NBA DFS industry. That is Mr. Michael Apatria. How are you this morning, Michael? I'm doing well. I mean, I'm alive right now, and I survived the uh, the aftermath and the wake of Aaron Baines' absolute oh. monster night and not having many shares of him. So, uh, you know, I took a beating, a hard beating last night. That happens, yeah. but, uh, you know, that's why we, we, we pick ourselves up. We look forward to this next five-game card that we have ready to break down in front of us, and, you know, coffee cups full, Coach. I got, uh, I got a lot to look forward to, so I'm excited. I'm excited to get back into this, kind of uh, looking for that bounce back. I'm with you, man. I mean, yesterday was my probably one of my worst days of the season so far. I just missed on stuff that uh, I don't usually miss on, like the Baines uh, play. And But, you know, I mean, no one on earth would ever dream that Aaron Baines would hit nine threes in one game. I mean, <laughs> I think I'd have taken that bet at a million to one, but I, – I don't know. There's there's one there's one group I think that would have. I don't know if you've ever seen the uh, the Aaron Bands uh, fan club on Twitter. Uh, yes, I have. Yeah. So that that's probably the one person that would have taken that. Bet. Well, maybe some of our Auss, Aussie friends over there uh, that are members may, that listen, maybe they uh, were on the Baines bandwagon, you know, because he's, you know, with with eight now, he was a smart play and he was highly owned. But, uh, you know. Ozzy, 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 oi, 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 I guess is the way it goes, right? <laughs> I think, uh, did, didn't Patty Mills play uh, pretty well himself? Yeah, it was it was an Australian-themed night, I guess. But, uh, you know, like you said, the, the cool part about DFS is whether you're coming off a 1% top, you know, notch night or uh, just a crappy night, uh, it's brand new, fresh slate. Everybody starts at zero again, and... That includes us, man, and we're we're whining, but we are 12 and four in our first 16 slates at DFS Coach Talk, so that's whipping butt. And I'm desperately hanging on over that 70% win mark, 62 and 25. So today's big. I want this win today very badly. Yeah, and uh, I think you know uh, we see some of our better nights come on the nights where we can kind of bounce ideas off each other because this is our basic first look. We're doing this bright and early in the morning, so uh, you guys are going to hear our initial run through, our initial breakdown, exactly how we're thinking in the morning. So you know things change. If you guys heard us talking on the show, uh, you know I mentioned Aaron Baines. I I, I talked about him. I talked about yeah. you know saying how he was almost a must play in DK because he was 3K. We could get both centers and all that and. You know, things changed. I kind of shifted away from them, and, you know, that was that was on me. Uh, I, I kind of, you know, got caught up in a lot of the other injury news and a lot of the other lineup switches and everything like that. Uh, you know, Bowen starting for the Pacers, that was that was a kind yeah, of indifferent thing. Yeah, what was that, thing. man? That uh, was so wild. it was an overall very, very weird night. And, you know, so it goes to show just kind of build your lineups, you know, trust your construction. 
uh, trust what you were on in the beginning, because if I had, I'd probably be uh, saying, uh, talking a, a, a different tune on my DK lineup. My FanDuel one was probably sunk regardless. That, that There's no if ands, or buts about that one, Coach. Well, you know, the bottom line is we're winning at a 75% margin, and I'm winning it at like a 71% margin on the year. So, you know, it's you almost have to look at it as it is a marathon, not a sprint. And if you can continue to win it seven out of ten nights, uh, you're going to whip butt in this uh, in this great thing they call DFS. So you got to just keep on plugging and going uh, from there. But uh, how about the news that broke this morning? Kenny Atkinson, the coach of so Brooklyn, dumb. is out. So dumb. So dumb. Atkinson's yeah. done a great job over there in Brooklyn. Absolutely phenomenal. I mean, this just uh, it's just a testament that the players are basically running the front office over there. But whatever they're saying is going. Uh, I mean, Atkinson had a lot of respect that these guys took a basically a scrub team to the playoffs uh, yeah. last season. You know, so I, I don't I don't like the move. Uh, you know, I'm seeing some rumblings. I didn't watch the Nets game, but. Uh, some some names on Twitter kind of saying that you could you could just tell Dinwiddie was playing with absolutely zero effort it was very yeah. like just over this kind of thing and you know maybe that had some of the reason maybe he was one of the guys that were in the camp of you know let's get Atkinson out of here I, you don't know it could have been all Kyrie and Durant sitting on the sidelines that had something to do with it. It, it but it seems like it was very player influenced to me well you know I generally I'd say nine out of ten times will back the coach because I know it's a difficult job and a thankless job and et cetera, et cetera. But I, I'm actually in the small minority here. I've been uh, not liking the way Atkinson X's and O's. Now, last year, I get it. He took an under-man uh, team, rallied him up. I think he's a nice guy and a good players coach and all of that kind of stuff. But when it really comes to the X's and O's, if you watch him after halftime adjustments, coming out of timeouts, um, certain p- parts of the game where it gets a little bit uh, frenzied, he does not have complete control of the game and doesn't always call the best play. So for me, uh, you know, I always hate to see a coach get canned, but I just don't think he was a fantastic X and O guy. And I know that I'll be in the minority minority there, but, um, you know, whether it was a power move by you know, Durant and Kyrie to pick the hand pick the guy. I really don't think it is. I think this is going to be one of those scenarios where they, they looked in the mirror and said, you know, we like Kenny. He's done a nice job here, but can this guy win us a championship? And the only thing that is a success for us next season is winning a championship. And I think the ownership said no. And I actually agree with them. I think they should go out there and get somebody really, really good that maybe even has some, uh, you know, really good playoff or championship uh, pedigree and bring him in there. Cause I'm telling you, I'm, I'm saying it before any, you know, I know everybody's saying what a great team they're going to be next year, but if they can, if they work a rotation where they're playing Kyrie and Dinwiddie together with Lavert and KD and a 23 year old or 22 year old uh, Allen, and then they're going to be able to bring guys like Torian Prince and uh, Joe Harris and all these studs off the bench. I mean, they're right now. I I've got them plugged as top four in the East next year if they bring the right coach in. So that's my thoughts anyway. 
Hey, you know, I mean, you're, you're, you're the coach, man. So I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to argue with you as far as what you're saying about the crunch time and all of that. Um, you know, I don't, I don't watch probably as many Nets games as I, as I should being one of my local televised uh, stations, but uh, I've, I've always liked what he's done since he's been in that organization. Organization. I, I just feel like maybe he deserved a little bit more leash at least the end of the season. If that's what you wanted to do, evaluate things then, uh, that's kind of one of the main reasons. I think a lot of teams would rather it be like an end of the season kind of thing. Let them finish out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, no front office wants to go do that switch. It, it seems like that's why I'm more, you know, gauged towards it, thinking it's a player's uh, influence decision because only the players would want it to be an immediate right now. Get this guy out of here kind of thing. Yeah, it is a little odd. So, you know, there certainly could be some behind the scenes stuff, but we'll see where that goes. And by the way, if you can, you know, tap on the shoulder of one of those uh, Brooklyn front office guys that, you know, let them know I'm available. I'll work very, very cheap, like a hundred bucks a game. Just let me get in there and coach them. <laughs> <laughs> I would love I, to coach. I, I think I got the road. I'll be on the sideline. I know. I got a great, uh, great shot at that, I'm sure. And, and also I'll hit the Powerball the next two days in a row, too. All right, man. We have got some news it's not bad. You know, yes, after yesterday, just like nine million pieces of news. Um, we're doing the five game slate. So there's an early game that isn't included in it that we're not doing. That's the Houston Rockets game, which is better to not do anyway, because Harden's going to, I would assume, be like literally 100 percent owned because there's no Westbrook and no Gordon. So that game we don't even have to stress uh, stress over. Uh, but the rest of the news, there's, I'd say there's only three pieces of questionable players that are going to affect the slate. So the fact that it's super early in the morning on Saturday and we have all the way until 7 o'clock tonight, uh, unless any other crazy news pops up, we should have most of the answers that we need, which helps. So in a rebound night, uh, revenge night, we're going to call it. So let's fly through these uh this player news, like I say, it's not like a book like yesterday, so it won't be bad. So one of those pieces of news that we need is Rashawn Holmes. He is 50-50 and may be back tonight for Sacramento, which will change the whole aspect with Harry Giles and uh, Alex Len and that whole rotation that they've had recently. So we need to keep an eye on that. Cam Reddish has already been rolled in. He had he was shooting. He was absolutely on fire for a stretch yesterday, man. He could not miss. Uh, here's the piece of news, uh, Mike, that I think will probably shift the entire slate for you because I know what a fan you are. So are you ready for this shocking one? Hit me with it. Dean Wade from Cleveland. They call him D Wade, literally, is questionable. Can you believe that? Yeah, so um, that's gonna have to adjust my adjust my share Should, slightly. You want to just take the night off with that news? Hey, well, Garland was is is out, so who knows? <laughs> yes, Darius Garland is the next one on the list. He's out, so you know Sexton looks better, and uh, well, who's out with Porter's out too? So uh, they're going another level down on that uh, team. So we're gonna have to look into that one. Oh, we'll get there. We'll get there. De La Vadova. Speaking of the, this could be the whole Aussie weekend if we keep <laughs> going that route. Um, Brandon Knight is probable for Detroit, 
and he's been playing uh, well since they picked him up. Bruce Brown is confirmed in, so that's good that he's back. Uh, pain in the neck, Draymond Green, still 50-50 questionable. Nobody knows what the heck's going there. And even though he's out, we have a Yusuf Nurkic sighting. He's actually on the board here, listed out, but due to make his debut on the 15th, eight days from today. So how in the heck are they going to play Nurkic and Whiteside? Any ideas? It's just going to – Nurkic's going to play a very limited role. Uh, I mean, there's not a lot of games left for him in the season. I, I mean, if they capture that eight seed and, uh, you know, get, I guess you get a little bit of a playoff run. He's just an extra body to kind of relief Whiteside for 14 to 18 minutes a game. But you can't expect them to actually chop up the minutes, especially with what Whiteside's been doing defensively this season, uh, leading the league in blocks right now. He's protecting the rim. Uh I would imagine very, very limited role, kind of just get the gears flowing and rolling for next season. I would assume. I mean, he was a super stud when he got hurt last year. If you remember, he was terrific. So, you know, I guess the off season will be very interesting because I don't know how you go into a season with two super healthy guys like that that both need the minutes, you know? It's tough. I think that they want Nurkic to obviously be the guy, but you can't. You got to think long term, bigger picture. Uh, you know, the, they're expecting to probably be a little bit more competitive with an entire healthy squad going into next year. Really fighting for that eight seed. Uh, I think it's a, it's going to be a do or die off season coming up for the Blazers, where they got to understand they got to make some sort of power move. They got to do something. Uh, you know, Damian Lillard is going to have to have one of his meetings in the in the studio with somebody. Yeah. Some, yeah. Something's gonna have to. They gotta get. They gotta bring somebody in. Uh, it, yeah, they're they're wasting the prime of having you know one of the top three backcourts in the league for like five straight years now. And if you you know you you go five straight years with one of the top backcourts you know with with Lillard and, and and McCollum and don't do anything, that's just that's rough. That's that's a hard one to swallow. Yeah. So, all right, the rest of the news. Uh, Bruno Fernando is confirmed in. So. That'll keep that uh, whole uh, center position rotation messed up a little bit with Deadman and company. And he is, Deadman is confirmed in as well. Corey Joseph is active and going to play tonight as a backup point, as well as the gentleman in front of him, De'Aaron Fox. So not bad, not hardly anything earth shattering there. Uh, you know, we, the, I, it does say here that it just posted Trey Young is uh, questionable, 50-50. So that's the, a big piece. So we need the Trey Young. We need to know about Draymond Green and Rashawn Holmes would be nice. Um, and it also just popped up there. Mike Conley is doubtful. He's probably not going to play. So his bad season continues. Ooh, but bad know, season. He's coming off a good game last night. Yeah, he's he's had a he's had on and off good games. But if you you know, when they signed him, I think they were expecting yeah, oh, like absolutely. all-star Conley, you know? Yeah. So it's a little bit hard pill to swallow, but uh, that's it, man. That's the news. And uh, that's what we got. So let's dive into this slate. We have five games. The first one is at seven o'clock. Before we do that as a tease, remember, join us at dfscoachtalk.com. You can subscribe right there. We'll get jump you right in Discord. We uh, have DraftKings and FanDuel lineups 30 minutes before uh, lock, and we are in there very active with our group of pros. 
uh, talking, chit-chatting, uh, making sure we have all of the updated information all the way up until lock. You can also follow us on Twitter at, at DFS Coach Talk. Uh, again, all of us posting on there, keeping that up to date and uh, rocking and rolling. So we look forward to have you guys and gals out there join us. We are the fastest growing uh, DFS NBA uh, in the industry, uh, provider in the industry is what I'm trying to say. And, uh, you know, we're new, we're still new, but we're still kicking butt. So come in with the team and let's crush some NBA DFS. 7 o'clock, Utah Jazz at the Detroit Pistons. You have Utah on the second night of a back-to-back. And you have Detroit on the first night of a back-to-back. And I guess... That's why Connolly's not playing. They still aren't playing them back-to-back, so I get it. Um, Eight-point favorite for Utah on the road. The total is 213. We've got Utah an implied 110.5. Detroit only 102.5. Reason for those low numbers, probably because of the pace. Utah 23rd, Detroit 28th. And from a defensive efficiency standpoint, Utah's team is 12th, and the Pistons are down at 22. So what is the outcome of this game with, you know, both teams on one side of a back-to-back and uh, a, a game where, you know, guys are coming back from injury, sitting out with injury? How do you figure this one out there, Mr. Apatry? This is why you get the big bucks. Yeah, so the the approach I'm taking on this is a I expect that spread to kind of change after Conley just getting ruled uh you know doubtful uh, might it might shift ever so slightly but I expect Utah to run away with this game regardless. Uh, <clears throat> Detroit's getting a lot of their bodies back, uh, a lot of their guards. So uh, Bruce Brown's expected to return to the rotation. Brandon Knight's expected to return to the rotation. So we're gonna kind of see have to see how this guard rotation shakes out exactly. Who's gonna be playing point guard because they just brought in Jordan McRae who played 26 minutes with a lot of those injuries in the last game over there in Detroit. Um, yeah. So I don't I don't feel overly comfortable, you know, saying which guard I'm going to go with just yet because uh, or even if I'm going to go with a guard because I don't know who's starting. I don't know how this is going to roll. The only guy I do feel comfortable playing is is a little bit of McCray in the uh, in GPPs uh, as far as Detroit, just because uh, you, you said it yourself. This is the first half of a back-to-back. A couple of these guys are coming back from injury. They still might have their limited uh, minutes limited, and if this game gets out of hand, there's no reason just to throw them out there for 30 minutes in a back-to-back. So uh, in the game script scenario that you know Utah does start to get away with this game and there's no real reason to play these guys, McCray mm-hmm. would still be probably the favorite to close in fourth quarter. Uh, and he's just a usage monster. When he's on the court, he hogs it. There's no real guy in Detroit right now outside of Christian Wood that even – you know, warrants garnering a ton of usage. So he should continue to still get double digit shot attempts, if not close to it. Um, and then on the Utah side, I, I'm just going to be playing a bunch of Jordan Clarkson. Uh, with Conley out, he's just got to be one of the chalk uh, value plays all across the industry. Uh, it, just every sense of the game script fits him. If, like I said, even if this game does get out of hand, he's still going to get his in his 26 to 28 minutes, especially with all the usage he's going to absorb. So, uh, I, that, those are my probably two top plays in this game. I feel very comfortable with, but, uh, you know, depending on how you're scripting it, if you wanted to run like Rudy Gobert and match it up with some Christian Wood, I wouldn't knock that either. Yeah, not a bad take whatsoever. I, you know, I'm looking at this game. It's the lowest total on the board. 
you know, I don't trust either rotation with these teams being on the front and back side of back-to-backs. Um, I get the Jordan McRae thing, and I'll probably be, you know, rostering him a lot the rest of the year because I think he's generally going to lead them in shot attempts because this is the perfect scenario for him. He wants to be the main uh, shooter. So, but you know, this is only his second game with the teams, and they and they have a couple of the guards back. So I don't know if he'll get quite the rotation for me to feel comfortable. Um, uh, you know, and I know Clarkson's going to be chalk, but the fact that Brown is back for Detroit, he's one of the better on-ball defenders on the perimeter, you know, out there. So I think he can keep Clarkson somewhat in control. So believe it or not, I'm going to take this first game and flush it and just uh, just go naked in this game with zero uh, coverage and make it a four-game slate. Hey, no, no, I don't, I don't blame you. Um, do you think Brown covers Clarkson over Mitchell? I yes, because Brown generally uh, is best, on, you know, on the ball handler. He's okay. He le- legitimately, and I think Clarkson will bring it up. I think he'll be, he'll bring the ball up. But uh, you know, I'm not even I, sure if Clarkson, uh, if Clarkson's gonna start. Well, I think, that <clears throat> I think he still comes off the bench. He thinks, and they'll just let Mitchell play the point like they did the other day. Yeah, I think that's, and then uh, and put Royce O'Neal in there. Yeah, Royce O'Neal, Ingles. Uh, I think all, I think they'll go with that starting lineup. You'll still see Clarkson. That's why I like Clarkson because even if he's coming off the bench, which I still feel safe, uh, if this game does get out of hand, whether it stays close, no matter what, he's still going to have his role. It's those starters that we'd have to worry about. Maybe taking like a four to five minute hit if this game were to, for some reason, get out of hand. Um, but now that we're actually just kind of talking this through, yeah, I don't want to play anything more than probably maybe one, uh, one guy on each side. If even I'm probably just going to end up having some fair shares of Clarkson, but there's other guys out there. Like Ingles sounds pretty enticing as well. Now that we're talking about it, we got to expect a bigger role from him. He's been playing well over the past uh, few games. I mean, he's a guy that's small forward eligible, shooting guard eligible, only 4,100 over there on DK. So there's a few value plays, whether it's Ingles or Clarkson, he's only 4k on uh, FanDuel as well that I think are viable. Um, you know, probably won't get to too many guys on the Detroit side, but I think a few of these guys with Conley out could be used for value. Yeah, there's certainly some value here. And the good thing is this is the early game, so we'll get the lineups. And that'll tell us a lot because you make a very valid point there. If if it's Mitchell that's starting at the pseudo point there like they had uh, done when Conley sat the last time, then, you know, I think Brown will guard him. And if they rotate out and bring Clarkson in, and then Detroit brings in, like, Brandon Knight and Zvi McKayluke or something, then you're talking about the fact that Clarkson could be a lot more dangerous. So that's going to have to do a lot with the rotation, and we'll know some of that by, you know, who they're going to start. Are they going to, you know, put Jingles in the starting lineup or Royce O'Neal or whomever the extra body is that they put in there? So good point, man. So this could be uh, a late value play for a guy or a complete pass for me so interesting game two 730 the denver nuggets at the cleveland cadaveliers they are uh a nine point road favorite that missed the nuggets are and the total is 219 implied for denver 114 cleveland 105 second lowest on the board um you have cleveland on the first night of a back-to-back which is always terrifying with the guys like Kevin Love, 
you don't know what uh, they're going to do there. Um, you've got the 29th and 20th slowest teams in the league, so that doesn't help. But Denver is 13th on defense, Cleveland dead last. So I guess playing a dead last team in defense, uh, a little bit of a pace up like it always is with Denver. And it is a single-digit total, or I mean uh, line. So do you go Denver here? Uh, I think if if – if you're building multiple lineups, I'd feel a little safer about going with Denver. Uh, you know, for your cash and your single entry, you have to be a little skeptical. It's also going to be determined on whether or not Trey Young plays or not, because, uh, you know, outside of, you know, Jokic, uh, there's only a couple other guys that we're really even interested in paying for. Uh, right. you know, Trey, Trey Young being one of them, um, you know, Lillard being the other, I guess. I'm probably not going to get to too many white side chairs myself, but. Uh, he's he's probably warranted it. He's been playing well all season, but there's not a lot of guys that. And, and what I'm saying is that we're paying for. So right. uh, if we're gonna have like you know extra money left on the table because we're gonna end up getting all this value between Clarkson, Trey Young gets rolled out, and we're gonna take some value over there in Atlanta, uh, then I don't mind it. I don't mind looking at a guy like Jokic. I'd want to know about this Drummond news. Uh, <clears throat> like you said, that back to back, him sitting gives a big boost to the front court. Uh, we we know that there's gonna be a few other guys that are gonna be forced into heavy minutes with Garland and Porter out. Uh, I think Osmond's probably gonna have to play at, you know high 30s minutes just because they don't have too many bodies left in there. He's not a great point per minute guy or anything like that. But when you're talking about playing 38 minutes and even if you average 0.8 DK points per minute, you're you're still gonna finish with close to 5x, 6x in that kind it's of point scenario. six point so. 0.67 from the Osmond brothers. Yeah, that's and that's not like that's exactly my point. Uh, very not very good. I mean, uh, is that are you running that with Garland off the floor as well? Because I'd even I'd even absolutely not. And you're you're sharp as usual. That probably jumps up. I bet you to point eight, like you said. It's probably somewhere close. That's what I imagined it being. I didn't I didn't run it yet, so this is kind of just spitballing off the top of the air. But um, I imagine it probably being a little higher, especially with. Uh, you know, we'd have to factor in with Drummond being the another big beneficiary of usage if he's off the floor as well. There's not going to be a lot of guys to take shots. It's basically going to be Kevin Love, uh, Osmond, and Sexton, and uh, it's it's probably going to be hard for those guys to operate in the front court with Paul Millsap and Jokic. But those would be the guys I'd probably be looking at if I am playing Jokic. I'd probably run it back with maybe a guy like Osmond, somebody I don't need to be overly invested with. I feel more confident in playing Nance if. Uh, Drummond's out and Tristan Thompson's out um, over Kevin Love at this point. He's just such more of a hustle guy. He's going to get you those extra uh, steals and blocks for over there on FanDuel where we're getting three points each. When you're looking on DK, uh, that's kind of where I'll probably lean a little bit more Kevin Love. But that's my approach. I'm not going to be playing too much uh, else on Denver. I'm not going to be playing really Jamal Murray. I'm not going to be playing like Gary Harris. It's going to be Jokic, um, you know, bust probably for me. That's the only guy I'm really interested in. Let me ask you this, because I, I could not figure it out for the life of me. This damn, the, the Joker drives me crazy, man. I watched that game Thursday. I watched the whole stinking game against Charlotte because it was a, a, a short slate. Did you watch much of that game? Uh, no, I was. I saw some highlights of it, uh, but no, I, I try not it, to it put just, my eyeballs it was, on Charlotte too much. <laughs> the Joker is a weird dude, man. I, I mean, you could tell that his he stepped on the floor, and right from the very first tip, he was his decision was I am going to facilitate everything. I'm not going to shoot. I'm going to just deliver the ball and rebound. And I'm not kidding. You. This is honest to God truth. There was two minutes and 58 seconds left in the first half, 
and he was 0 for 2 from the field. He took two shots. But the weirdest part about it is there were seven or eight times he was either in the block with the ball three feet from the hoop or he, or he received the ball in the paint five feet from the hoop and never even thought to look at the bucket. He just, like I said, it was just a weird, it was like he had decided I'm going to facilitate the heck out of this game. And then, you know, he, he turned it up in the second half and had at least a decent game. But I don't, you know, he just, he drives me nuts. I can never figure out his style of game. I don't know if he gets like sort of bored with specific things and then just because sometimes every time he gets the ball, he scores and he's a huge threat. And then sometimes he seems very docile and looking to just, uh, you know, facilitate. So, dude, I cannot figure him out for the life of me. I really can't. I mean, I'd have to watch the game, but I've I've seen many times and uh, it's been done plenty of times over the years, especially with prolific centers where, you know, you'll you'll keep that guy in the power forward kind of a little bit off, like challenging the, you know, these stretch fours like P.J. Washington to shoot. And, you know, looking at the box score, P.J. Washington did, did have a pretty, pretty good game. He was draining a couple threes going to the halftime. So I would assume that they were kind of, uh, you know, slacking off of P.J. Washington a little bit just to make sure Jokic had a, a, a guy to worry about uh, if he did want to try to take it in the paint. And they basically challenged the other guys to beat them. Uh, Jokic probably picked up on that early. Uh, said I'm going into facilitator mode. I'm okay with that. Um, there's plenty of other matchups in which they could have taken advantage with. You know, they, you could see that they like to run Mar- Mar- Monte Morris 25 minutes, um, probably exclusively because you know Devonte Graham and Terry Rozier aren't the best defenders. Throwing that combo of Morris and Murray out there is very helpful for that. So, I, I who knows? Um, weird. I know. It's weird. I, I just, I'm telling you though, and watching it, Mike, they did not run a double at him in the block. They didn't. I, you know, I know guys flash down a little bit to give a little bit of a look, but it's not like, you know, you see teams where, you know, uh, Anthony Davis gets the ball close to the block and then another guy and two guys just run right at him and double him and force him to get the, kick the ball. It wasn't like that. It was like he had already determined that that's what he was going to do. I don't know. I can't figure yeah, him out. But no, I didn't. I didn't see. You're probably right. Tries, you you know, watched it. I trust. I trust your eyes always, coach. You know that. Yeah. So um, I'm going to. Problem is, I want to uh, roster the Joker today on, like you said, a, a slate where there's not a ton of buy-up guys, but I just don't trust them. And I know Cleveland's terrible defensively. Plus, I think this game could blow out. You know, I don't know, dude. I just, I don't see myself rostering the Joker. And then with Cleveland, you know, I don't know to, if to trust Kevin Love. I need to see the news there. You know, how much is Drummond going to play? You know, he's missed some games. Just it's there's so much so many questions here, because if guys are limited or sit, then, you know, guys like Larry Nance become a fantastic play. He's coming off an awesome game. Um, I think Sexton is the guy that I'm going to go to, though. I think he's going to get the majority of the shots. I don't think Jamal Murray defense is very good. And of course, you know, my theory guards against uh, Cleveland so Jamal Murray will definitely he's my first pillar play of the day I'm gonna go Jamal Murray or bust and maybe his counterpart Sexton on the other side so that's what I think so far man ah I I I mean I don't I don't mind I like Sexton I like Murray I think they both are in good matchups uh if I'm playing Sexton I'm gonna make sure that's probably gonna be the scenario where I have Jokic 
Um, that's probably the, the I wouldn't want to double expose myself to that. And I also wouldn't want to run those two together because it's going to take one of my favorite point guards, one of my favorite plays of the night out of my player pool. So um, it's mostly going to come down to construction for me. And like I said, it's all going to lead back to probably Trey Young, whether or not he plays. I've heard rumors that you double expose yourself very often. Uh, yeah, nah, <laughs> I don't know what that means, coach. I'm trying to think of what to say. I guess you expose the front, you expose oh, okay. the back. Right. You know what All I'm right. saying? Right. streaking, a little, a little, a little streak, a little streaking see, action, some old school. See it going, yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta watch old school. That's always one of those where you know you gotta watch it at least once a year and just go back and it's so funny, like the first time. Too funny when he gets shot in the neck with the dart and everything. <laughs> that whole movie, the cinder block scene. Lord. It's hilarious. All right, we go to game three. Speaking of Trey Young and all of that fun there, and if he's going to play, uh, it's the Atlanta Hawks at the Memphis Grizzlies. You've got both teams on the second night of a back to back. So there's a lot to consider there. We got to, you know, go back and really study the minutes. Uh, see what the deal is there and if Trey is going to suit him up. Because usually the thing with Trey I've noticed is he either plays and plays like 37, 38 minutes and just goes, shoots the ball, plays, or he sits. It doesn't seem like he's ever, if he's going to go, he's going to go kind of thing. And so that's something we got to watch. The Grizzlies are favored in this game by six. Uh, They've been playing definitely – uh, some competitive games here and there. So they're getting a little respect uh, from Vegas there. Uh, 233 happens to be the biggest total on the board. So, you know, as you would expect, this game is, uh, I thought would even actually be a little higher than 233. So that makes me feel like Vegas thinks Trey isn't going to play that, but let's follow that closely. Um You've got uh, a 120 implied for Memphis and a 113 and a half for Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta is the fourth and Memphis seventh in pace. So you've got two of the top seven teams in the league pushing the ball. Big, big plus. And then on the backside, it's even better. Atlanta's 28th and Memphis is 16th defensively. So, you know, once we have the Trey Young news, then we got to put all the dominoes in place here because uh, this on a five-game slate with the potential to be a big, big number here. I mean, I don't see how you don't have at least two guys from this game, don't you think? Um, it, it, it's all, like you said, it's all going to be determined by the injury news for me. Uh, you know, if Trey Young plays, I'm, I'm going to want some shares of Trey Young. Uh, you know, if Trey Young doesn't play, this game kind of worries me. I talked about, I think on yesterday's show, how well Memphis does play at home. They get a huge edge for some reason when they play at home. They're a completely yeah. different team. Uh, these two teams just played, uh, and Memphis mopped them uh, like pretty pretty badly to the point where none of their starters needed to play yeah, more than that hurt more than really twenty. Bad and that was remember. yeah, and that was with Trey Young. Trey Young played yep. 29 minutes in that game. So, uh, you know, without Trey Young, is it going to be any easier for them? Probably not. And, and now they're going on the road and facing another team. On, and, you know, it's on a back-to-back, but at least Memphis got to know that they can, you know, sleep in their own beds uh, kind of thing. So this is – it's going to be it's going to be a tough game, I think, walking in there for Atlanta where I'll still want some shares. Obviously, with Trey Young out, there's going to be some value available. I'll probably be looking at the same guys I looked at last night. It would just be Jeff Teague, uh, John Collins, Cam Reddish. Those are the three guys I was on. Uh, wouldn't yeah. mind it if you wanted to play Huerta, 
But uh, I, I would probably be afraid to kind of overexpose myself to this game if Trey Young's out. I don't think I'd stack it with You're like two guys. You're not going to double expose, just overexpose. This no, time. I'll, 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 over, I'll overexpose. So I'll get it really. I'll get up really close into your face with it, but uh, you won't get to see the back. Uh, that's just kind of that's my take right now. Still won't be able to see anything. Sorry. No, no. That, hey, <laughs> it's all right, man. I, you know, I got a girlfriend of eight years now, so. Uh, she loves me regardless. <laughs> so, so, uh, I don't. I don't think I'm playing much over there on uh, on Memphis either. I mean, I like John Morant in this matchup. I think he can really capitalize. It's a little bit different. I know we we talk about targeting point guards against uh, against Atlanta. I mean, Jeff Teague's yeah. old. He's definitely not the same player. But he's he can't. Nobody's really worse than Trey Young on defense. So sure. it's 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 a little bit of an uptick, I guess, if you're looking at that. Just uh, you know, kind of mat one on one matchup scenario. But uh, I still think Morant would be a play. I still think I'd be looking at a little bit of Joe Val, but um, it's hard to trust him in this game. We, we kind of talked about it yesterday. I thought that game against uh, Dallas would stay a little bit closer, and that blowout definitely hurt us. And this game worries me if Trey Young doesn't play, just slightly, slightly. I agree, man. It's a great point. Like you say, they mopped. Morant would be a play. I still think I'd be looking at a little bit of Joe Val, but um, it's hard to trust him in this game. We, we kind of talked about it yesterday. I thought that game against uh, Dallas would stay a little bit closer, and that blowout definitely hurt us. And this game worries me if Trey Young doesn't play, just slightly, slightly. I agree, man. It's a great point. Like you say, they mopped the floor with Atlanta with Trey playing, even though he may still play in this game. But it seems like every time we we play Joval, he not by his poor play, but by the fact that they win or lose by a lot, and he doesn't get to play many minutes. And uh, they've blown some people out, so. I don't know. You know, it's this is I think will be a game where there are some multiple people owned. Um, you know, let's look at the pricing on some of these guys. You know, there there's several guys you could easily play here, uh, including Joe Val. You know, you could look at Brooks and Jaw. And then if, if Trey p- plays, he's certainly in play. Uh, if he doesn't, then that really pumps up uh, Reddish and even Hunter and Herder, and, uh, you know, John Collins has been an absolute beast. He had a couple of throwdowns yesterday. I thought he was going to rip the whole basket down, but, uh, I, you know, it's it's the train at Young News is needed, but I do think there are parts here that can help uh, build your lineup. And like you said, Teague, he's capable of a 40-burger easy. He really is if he, if he gets the minutes, but... Uh, you know, the question is, is he going to get enough time? Who they play? They keep playing. Who is it? Goodwin that they've been playing a lot at point. Um, a little bit. He didn't get much run yesterday. No. Okay. No, he didn't get. He didn't get much run. I Teague played 28 minutes, even with that. You know, that game kind of being the way it was. So um, it was at Herder that slid over. Her, well, Herd, yeah, Herder Her, Her plays a lot of point. I think he dished out like 11 assists. Wow, um, that's kind of the mentality they had as soon as he started recovering from his shoulder injury early on is that they wanted him to play a lot of the one. So that's kind of the way I anticipate them going. You're going to see Goodman play. He might even get a little bit more run tonight being a back to back. But, it, you know, if this game stays somewhat intact, I expect it to be mostly Teague if it's not Trey Young in there. And, uh, you know, either, either way, Teague's most likely unless he's ruled out, he's going to at least at the very least split the minutes with Goodwin. Uh, with the upside of more, and they're both, you know, hovering less than 4K across the industry pretty much. So, uh, you know, I'd probably prefer to as a more viable option, and I think most people would. So he's not like it's a secret or anything. He's going to be highly owned if uh, yeah. Young's out. 
No secret squirrel for Jeff Teague. Sorry. Yeah, you're right. Um, all right. We have two games left. Real quickly want to mention, you know, stick with our with our program. We've come up with this three-step process that has been crushing all NBA season. Actually, Mike and I did uh, NBA Summer League and FIBA and preseason, crushed it all through there, and it has carried over into the regular season. And that is to try to catch this podcast early in the day, uh, you know, take some notes, figure out the sort of the what the news is to build your initial uh, place uh, placeholder lineup, get that in place, and then listen to the news throughout the day. You can catch us at DFS Coach Talk. I'm on Twitter at J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. He is at M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. And we have Andrew at Language Olympic. So you want to follow us there. Remember, you can uh, tune into this uh, podcast free in front of the paywall seven days a week. Uh, We believe it's the best uh, in front of the paywall free content in the industry. And you can hear us uh, everywhere podcasts are found, including iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, iHeart, Spotify, and YouTube. Um, we do ask that you take a few seconds, that's all it really takes, to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to us at. A uh, little thumbs up on YouTube is awesome. That would help us. And click that little bell symbol for the alarm to let you know when a new uh, pod drops. And, you know, the five stars on on iTunes is greatly appreciated. It helps us move up the uh, chart there. I think we were uh, overall, I think I posted in our Discord, we were like 117th or something overall in the how-to and sports type category. So we want to just keep moving up into the top 100 there for sure. And, uh, you know, every time uh, you're five-starring it or putting a comment that's going to help us. Plus, we're having a drawing uh, in two weeks from Wednesday that will be for a free one-month membership to our uh, NBA full-access coverage based on just five stars with a little comment. So uh, we would ask you to do that as well. And that's really the main stuff, man. Uh, do you have anything else you want to add about DFS Coach Talk? Uh, Michael, what's your feel after our first two weeks of uh putting our foot in the in the pool it's just been an endless grind man it's it's been fun it's 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 a blast you know it's started with just a bunch of guys that uh you know love sports love hoops love baseball uh growing into other sports is it's just seeing how you know quickly this thing's getting some legs and uh i just want to say thank you to all of our you know listeners or subscribers uh you know everybody that's had just any kind of hand or aspect into you know helping us and seeing us grow uh you know it's kind of uh, in, in essence it's just basically something that we love to do and we love to do for other people uh and it's nice when we get that feedback we see the comments we see you know the tweets with the screenshots we see the support even on the losing nights you know, we got we have subscribers in there, you know, who understand the, the line of work that we're in and what we do every day. And, you know, you being your cash game self, always crushing at an alarming rate. Me and Andrew doing GPPs, hoping that we, uh, you know, we cash one out of every three to four nights at our ratio. So it's a little bit of a different aspect, but we know that we we have that unconditional kind of, you know, support regardless is uh, it's motivating. So uh, I, I'm happy with everything that's been going on here. I can. I think I can speak volumes for everybody else over here uh, on, on the back end of our side, uh, like back end of our side. 
uh, of our site. Um, Are, did you just call the rest of our staff a bunch of asses? <laughs> I, I, it might have it came across that way, yeah. Uh, you know, if the, shoe, if the shoe fits. Exactly, man. And that's a shout out to all all five or six of you guys out there who's ever listening. <laughs> That's beautiful, man. I couldn't have said it. You know, I'm putting that in your book here. We're on page 17. I love it. Yeah. You double expose <laughs> yourself and single expose yourself. And then uh, what? An up close exposure. I and now close. our entire team's a bunch of asses. I, you're the you're the greatest in in podcast history, Mr. Apache. I, I, I try. I try. I try. It's so, so organic. too. That's what I like. It's, <laughs> I, it's the mom, real my, Michael. My mouth moves faster than uh than my brain's supposed to, I think. So that's the uh, that's the major issue on that one. But uh, I'm getting dude, by. You crack me up, man. Absolutely kill me. And there, and we've done how many podcasts have we done together in the last year or so? I it's uh, got a, a tremendous amount. And it and it's almost like every show you surprise me with something new. <laughs> I'll coach, it's it's I told you it's, it's you're writing my memoirs over there. Exactly. It's, uh, we're gonna eventually be profiting off that bad boy. That might be the biggest seller of all, that's for sure. But you know, to just to piggyback a little bit on what Mike said, you know, it it has been fantastic. I'm so appreciative of this group. Uh, there's actually. <clears throat> eight of us total that are involved with really getting everything. There's so much behind the scenes and so much that that's going on. So, you know, it's, you know, Andrew and, and Michael and I tend to be more the face because, you know, we're out there doing the podcasts and answering a lot of questions on Twitter, but, you know, Leighton, Brett, um, Andy, uh, Santino, uh, Dawson, and that's that's the group. Those five, I believe. Oh, and Steven, we have six now. So actually, there's nine of us now. Can you believe that? So I don't even know a, a, a nickname for nine guys. I guess we'll have to come up with something. But yeah, Steven uh, joined us yesterday as our director of marketing. So we're really excited to have him. He's going to get out there in social media and we're going to have all the fun stuff, the Instagram and all those things that go with it. So we are growing and doing stuff at an alarming rate, and it's awesome. And the one part that I wanted to say was it's all organic. Like, you're not going to get anything held back on these shows. I mean, the guys we're telling you are the guys we like. Now, yeah, news changes, and you have to switch a few people in your lineup. But generally, we go to war with the guys we say we're going to war with uh, on this podcast. We don't hold anything back. So, you know, if there's somebody that doesn't want to, you know, uh, go with a, a provider and just to do it on their own, this is still the show for you because you're going to get the most information here. We're not making anybody pay for it, nor we will we ever. Uh, Mike and I, when we really came up with this between the two of us at the very, very beginning six months ago, you know, we had committed to say, listen, our number one goal, yes, we can build something off of this uh, that w will be fantastic, but we want to offer seven day a week free coverage of the NBA uh, content wise for those that play DFS. And it's almost 11 months a year. And I say this on the shows because if you come with us, you, you don't have to ever go anywhere else and you can play DFS basketball all the way through uh, the postseason, which is of all of the times of the year to play DFS, the postseason is the best. 
because you get the cream of the crop from every team. There's none of this back-to-back baloney or load management. It's the real deal. So get the whole postseason. Then you're going to get the whole NBA Summer League. You're going to get the whole Olympics if they play. Hopefully the coronavirus doesn't knock that out. That would really suck. Uh, but then you're going to get the whole preseason, which we went 15 and three this year. No, 13 and five. I wish I would have gone 15 and three, 13 and five. And then we're we're doing the whole regular season and on and on down. So it's you know, it's fun. It's it's something that we really care about. And hopefully in our podcasts that we do, uh, the three of us really purvey that that love for what we're doing and the fun that we're having doing it. So. That's it, Michael. Uh, let's hit these last two so that we could get everybody up and going. Uh, I don't know if anybody listened to our show yesterday, but I was unable to load it onto YouTube because it blew up our converter from MP3 to MP4 because somehow Michael and I went for uh, two hours. <laughs> and uh, we've learned that after 90 minutes, it gets a little uh, hairy if it'll convert over. So today we will not do that or going forward, we're going to try to push each other to go faster. What are the odds that's going to work, Mike? We'll see. I can't make any promises. 2%? (laughs) Yeah, can't make any promises. I apologize. I'm probably the the mouth that needs to stop. We are chatty Cathy's for sure, uh, no doubt. All right, Philadelphia Golden State. Uh, Wonderful to have Curry back. That was so much fun watching him play the other night, Thursday night. It was great. Uh, Philly's a two-point road favorite, even with all their guys out in this wacky game against Golden State. It's uh, a 225.5 total, and you've got 114 implied for Philly, 112.5 for Golden State. Pace, middle of the road, pretty much Philly 19, Golden State 14. Defensively, you have Philly at six, which really isn't six with Embiid and Richardson out. It's probably more like 11. Um, And Golden State is 25th. So interesting game, man. I think you could, if you pluck out the right couple of guys in this game, it could be monster. Yeah, I like like this game. Uh, I'm definitely going to have some of my heavy ownership in this game. Uh, you know, looking at the Philly side of the ball, I think we, we know the guys that we've been going to, that we continue going to, uh, and feel confident with. I think Tobias Harris is uh, egregiously underpriced over there on FanDuel. Yeah, why uh, aren't they raising his number? I don't understand. It makes no sense. 7,300, lock him up, pillar play, don't even think twice about it, tournaments, I mean, he's cash, got a, GPP. He's a free, free square, right? Yeah, I, I'm playing him all over the place. Shake Milton, they, they decided to give him a slight bump, uh, you know, not enough to kind of take him out of my player pool. There's a lot of point guards I have interest in. We talked about being able to spend up, so I don't know if I'll end up falling on Shake, but he's definitely a good, a good solid option in this matchup. Uh, and Al Horford, Al Horford should continue being solid. A little bit more of a price bump. I don't get how, uh, you know, him and uh, Tobias Harris only separated by you know less than a thousand dollars across the industry. Uh, but that doesn't make any sense. I mean, you know, Harris should be a guy that's you know fifteen to two k higher than Horford at this point. No um, doubt. Uh, Mike Scott, if you need some value, he's there. I kind of want to see if Draymond's playing or not, though. That would kind of impact whether or not I think Scott gets a significant run. Uh, If they end up going a little smaller, they can get away from them. But those four guys, all options. I'll probably have two of the four in most of my lineups. And looking over on the Golden State side of the ball, 
I'll probably look at the same kind of approach. I, I really love Steph Curry. I'm going to have Steph Curry probably across the industry. He's another one of my pillar plays. Uh, I talked about it earlier. You know, yeah, I'll have some value available at point guard. But, uh, you know, even if he's playing, he played 27 minutes in his first game back. If that's his floor, 8,200, uh, you know, he can easily smash through that ceiling with the usage yeah. that he's getting. This isn't, you know, Steph Curry playing alongside Clay Thompson, Kevin Durant, and everybody else. So this is go out there, have a field day. You're playing in the G League pretty much still. So, uh, he, he's probably going to be garnering at least like a usage of like 30 to 35 percent. And that, that might even ramp up a little bit more as uh, as the season progresses and he's able to get a little bit more of a workload. But even playing 27 to 30 minutes, I'm perfectly fine with paying that price tag. And I'll, I, I love having shares. And then the other guy I'm looking at is Pascal. If Draymond Green's rolled out. Uh, a, f- a few fair shares of Pascal, I think, are in order. He's been playing well. Still seems like he's a little underpriced across the industry for a guy that's been putting up about 30 uh, fa- you know, fantasy points night in and night out. I'm with you, man. And it was fun watching Curry not just you know be Curry-like, but it was almost like he was a coach on the floor. He looked like a player coach. He was you know talking and explaining everything to to each of the guys and you know, waving him this way and waving him that way, talking to Damian Lee about. And, you know, my man Damian Lee had a game, even with Curry there. He's, you know, I gave up on him with Curry back, and he still showed up. So that makes him stay in play as well. I think he's uh, he may be a good running mate out there for Curry. But I'm with you on him. I think he's a decent play today. I think uh, his price will probably go up soon, and they might as well grab him while you can. Uh, we need the Draymond news because I'm with you. The Pask Animal is fun to play because uh, he's going to go after it and, and give everything he's got. And I think he's really trying to solidify a rotational spot for next season. Uh, the Philly side, Tobias Harris, you know, you know, absolutely, undoubtedly a free square. Um, you know, Horford and Shake Milton have to get a strong look. And, you know, go through some of the other guys. I mean, there are guys there like Cork Maz and and people, Mike Scott, that can have a big impact uh, with the minutes that they're getting. So Burke's, uh, uh, Burke's going back to Golden State. Yes. Great narrative, man. That's a great narrative. Yeah. Yeah. That could be a, a key guy right there. If he gets the majority of those minutes, um, you know, he's going to want to show them up and. Man, he's had a few games when he was with Golden State this year. I think he had a couple. Yes, great narrative, man. That's a great narrative. Yeah, yeah, that could be a a key guy right there. If he gets the majority of those minutes, um, you know, he's going to want to show him up. And, man, he's had a few games when he was with Golden State this year. I think he had a couple 50 burgers, didn't he? Like something he's, crazy. He's, he's not afraid to shoot. He's a guy that, uh, you know, when he's hot, he's going to keep shooting. If you give him yeah. about 20, if I know he's playing 25, 26 minutes uh, at 4,500, I think he's a, you know, fantastic option. It's just how many, you know, between, it's also a Glenn Robinson revenge game. So you can look at it in the same vein True. with him. There's yeah. still cork mass. There's plenty of guys that they can just kind of chop these minutes up with and, uh, we've already talked about, you know, Clarkson over there in FanDuel. I, I pretty much feel like I'm locking in him as a, one of my shooting guards. Uh, you know, maybe in my secondary lineups, I do build multiple lineups on a night-to-night basis where if I'm not playing Clarkson, uh, I'm playing Ingles to get that exposure because either way, I think I want to get some of that, uh, that that exposure over there in Utah for some value. Uh, then yeah. I can look at having that extra shooting guard spot available where I could toy around and play a guy like Burks. Yeah, yeah. 
Robinson played 30 minutes two games ago. Do you know? Do you remember what he played in this last game? Probably because, 30 minutes and uh, probably didn't do much. Uh, no, he, I, I think probably high 20s. I can give me one second and I can let you know. Because my that, concern but. is, you know, if he gets 30 minutes a game and he's going against Golden State, who doesn't defend, and it's a revenge game, he might be as good of a secret squirrel as Burks. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, the only thing that, that ever worries me is when I'm when I'm looking at a guy like Robinson is just I know that he's not that high volume guy. You kind of need him to be, uh, you know, the outlier game where he played thirty. He played yeah. twenty nine in the last one, so close to thirty. Right. Same thing. So you're absolutely right. The minutes he only put up thirteen point two five DK points, five oh, points in thirty so, minutes. Ew. Well, this is this is the thing that worries me about him. It was an outlier game against the Lakers. He shot 15 times, hit 10 to 15 shots. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if we if we add up the previous you know three games prior to that 15 point game, it wouldn't equal 15 shot attempts. It would be 14. Uh. So he's not a volume shooter. Last game he took six shots. Uh, you know, so you know maybe he has a little more of incentive because he is playing his former team. So I'll I'll keep him in my player pool. Uh, he's not a guy that I'm gonna make like a pillar value play. I still like guys like Clarkson a little bit more. Uh, but if I if I need the if I need the savings, I land on him. You know, he does play small forward. Then I, I don't I don't completely hate it. Yeah, and that's always a thin position. But I'll tell you, for our, our members <clears throat> our members out there that are trying to determine is this guy a cash player or is this guy a GPP player, you can't get a better explanation of just the gigantic lit up sign that says GPP play, and that's Glenn Robinson because like. You just said, um, you know, he could boom, and so he's a perfect GPP play, and you, you know, you know he's going to get minutes. But if he's also going to have one of those where he takes two shots, uh, you know, you you just you could bust and cash. So I would say he's certainly maybe even both he and Burks, they're great GPP plays, but a little scary on the cash side, you know. Yeah, and I think in that kind of vein, that's why I mentioned Burks over Robinson. Uh, and yeah. It's just because if if one of them has a better chance to boom, I think that's Burks. I think Burks is just no, he's more notorious for the shot attempts. Yeah. Uh, a little bit more aggressive, so I think that he has a better chance of booming. They both easily could. Uh, but when you're just obviously this is a game of you know odds, and I think the odds are leaning more towards Burks for me. You're you're on your game today, man. You must have got extra rest, extra coffee, and extra study because you're sharp. <laughs> That's the coffee, man. I, I take zero credit, man. It's it's all. It's probably what my third third cup this morning. Been up since about 6 a.m. 5:30 a.m. Uh, now we're six hours in, so that gives me plenty of time to kind of sit here and mess around my shells. And that's why you hear me say a lot of times, it's not that I'm not interested in people. It's just when I'm running through, I have to make decisions immediately. You have to be realistic when you're building these lineups. And when I, when I try to talk, I don't, I don't try to speak in the vein too often of how I'm building. I try to put in the aspect of, if, you know, the general consensus, if you're building one lineup, is this guy making that one lineup? Uh, I can easily, you know, if I'm, I build, I go out there on most nights and I'm building 15 to 20 some nights. So uh, a lot of these guys are in play for me, but uh, I try to put it in an aspect where are they going to be in play for you? Exactly. Well, no pressure at all, but I'm so, uh, I feel you're, you're right on sharp today. I think I'm going to take a little bit of a step back and cash and pump some of that money into your GPP lines and uh, go after, try to hit one of those big 50 Kers or something. What do you think? 
Oh, I'm on it. I just I I got that. Once I get that news, that's when I really start to feel confident. Because right now I I I build a bunch of different shell lineups and different sorts of orders, um, you know, based on what might happen. If if Trey Young's out, I want to have a good idea of which way I'm going to be going. And if Trey Young's in, which way I'm going to be going. So once I actually know what kind of you know the fork in the road, which way I'm going, uh, I I start to get my confidence flowing. I start to feel good once the lock hits. I start entering. I start, you know, branching off of that main lineup I built mostly for my single entries and start kind of shelling out for those 20 entry maxes. And it, it starts rolling. I love coach. it, And then man. at the end of the night, we're, we're counting. Let's do it. All right, last game so we can get this out there for all the, the peoples of the NBA DFS world. The last game, 10 o'clock, sweat game, starts an hour and a half after every other game. Sacramento at Portland, two teams not known for defensive prowess by any stretch. It is Portland only two and a half point favorite, which is a little lower than I would have expected. And it's a 231, second highest total on the board. Portland a 117 implied and Sacramento 114. Uh, We've got uh, asterisk here, though. Sacramento first night of a back to back. Portland's second night of a back-to-back. So how is that going to affect these teams and rotations, if at all? Um, you know, both of these teams are are fighting like and scratching and clawing for that eighth spot in the West. This is an important game. It's early, but it's an important game for these two teams uh, trying to establish to get into the playoffs. I think this is the best game to target on the whole slate and it just happens to be the late night sweat game. But I think you got two teams that are going to really try to win. You've got possibly the highest scoring game on the night, and you have a close spread. So do you agree, Mr. Apatria? I uh, definitely want some shares in this game, if that's what you're getting at. Yes, absolutely. Um, it's one of my favorite games on the board. These these last two games, I'm going to have a fair amount of ownership in. Uh, and then I'm really looking at those other games to kind of look for my one-offs and some of my value plays, whether it's, you know, like I said, one of those guys taking advantage of Conley's minutes in that first game or somebody taking advantage of Trey Young's absence in that, in that middle game over at the 8 o'clock game. Uh, but I'll start with the Sacramento side. Uh, just the I, I generally always start with the away team. I think the Aaron Fox has been playing well. Uh, 7900. I you know I gave that whole speech two seconds ago, uh, trying to be realistic. I, I do think he's definitely a play that you could look at. I think it's a, it's definitely going to be a good matchup for him. Um, will I end up on him? Probably not. Uh, he played well in the first matchup. These teams played actually I think it was like three or four times already this season. Fox yeah. only played in one of them. Put up about 43 DK points in that game. So. Uh, that's right around that 5x mark. I'm looking for just a guy like Curry, who's, you know, same price tag. I think he's got a little bit more room for upside. So I don't think I'll end up going with Fox too much. I'd rather go with the guy on the other side of the ball and play some Dame Dalla. Um, yes, he's coming off an injury. Yes, he's coming back. You know, it's back to back. All that definitely is in my mind. It definitely is impacting my decision slightly. And it's going to keep me from going overboard on him. Uh, yeah. But you said it yourself. They're scratching and they're clawing. You got to understand uh, this is Dame's team. This is, you know, he he lives with the city of Portland right now. Uh, he will scratch and he will claw. And if he's able to play, he's going to play. If the game stays close, you best believe he's going to play every uh, goddamn minute that he could. Um, I, I expect, you know, 
a good game out of both him and CJ. I always talk about shooting guards going against uh, the Kings, that being an emphasis on the position that we can attack. But Dame's also averaging 50 points against the Kings this season in three games. So large enough sample size to feel confidence in both those guys. Those will be the two guys I look to attack with with Portland. Probably won't get uh, both of them in the same lineup, but I'll definitely make sure I have shares of at least one of them all across the board. Um, I know I'm kind of hopping around here, but uh, not a ton of interest for me in general on the Kings. If I know that Rashawn Holmes is rolled out, I could look at maybe targeting a guy like Blitzia, uh, just because he's going to be going against Carmelo Anthony. And the, I mean, the vice versa could be said on the other side of the ball with Carmelo Anthony as well, because Blitzia is pretty poor defensively. Yeah. And that's that's uh, that's, that's, pretty, that's that's my gist, man. I'm not going to be going with the front court too much. I don't think I'll be playing Whiteside. I uh, don't mind the play. Um, the way my builds are coming out right now, though, I'm leaning a little bit more towards uh, the Jokic aspect, but we'll we'll kind of have to see where that falls. They're both very similar price tags, and if Trey Young's rolled out, is going to be determined on whether or not I spend up at center in the first place. Gotcha. Um, as far as the center position goes, if I do fade the Joker, I think Whiteside's the natural uh, pivot. I think he he could have a really good game here. Uh, if Holmes is back, that does affect it a little bit. I'm not sure how uh, limited Holmes will be in minutes, um, so we need to find that out. I mean, it's a shoulder, so uh, it's not like it's a lower body injury. If the shoulder feels good, he'll probably get at least a decent amount of minutes. So I uh, want to see that, but I do like Whiteside. I think Dame and CJ are in play. I really do. I think, uh, you know, I think you're the, aren't you, the, you're the play the, the two guard against Sacramento guy, right? Absolutely. That's always me. So um, oh, that keeps just, that in uh, play. Yeah. And I mean, uh, I, I talked about how well uh, Dame's played against this team in the three games. I didn't even touch on CJ in the three games right. CJ's played. He's averaging about 40 DK points himself. So he's right at that 5X mark. And, um, you know, if, if you're a little bit more cautious about the whole Dame coming back from injury, uh, that's just leading more towards playing CJ. And that's OK. I, I like both yeah. these guys a tremendously like a tremendous. I, I, I don't see a scenario where you can't play one of them, coach. No, I'm with you, man, 100%. And I may even fire up both. Yeah. Um, I like I like uh, Fox here. I think uh, I have no problem. Bogdanovich has remained pretty uh, cheap. He's a decent option. Even Heald can get hot. I mean, Portland doesn't defend well in the backcourt, period. So those guys, to me, are all in play. I don't really want to go front line on Sacramento with the unknown of that rotation there, but... You know, I, I feel comfortable coming out of this game with with uh, maybe three, even four players. I think I'm going to have my my night riding on this game and it being high scoring and staying close. Um, that's the main objective, I think, if if I do uh, ratchet up and go three, four deep in this game, which I'm leaning to do right now. So mm-hmm. hopefully it's a fun late night sweat, man. That would be the, that would be great. Yeah, and I'd, I'd almost be remiss uh, not to mention Kent Bazemore. Ah. Uh, <laughs> he's facing one of his many former teams, so he's played he's played all over the uh, all over the, the the world at this point. But uh, you know, it's you against know, one of his former teams. No, bad. I've got to give no, you a no, shot. no, 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 no. He's almost, always under five k too. You want to laugh? I had him as my last guy in on my DraftKings lineup, and and he just fit money wise. And I said, I can't, I can't roster him because. All the bash and I do with Mike about Baysmore, so I took him out. <laughs> <laughs> well, was, I, 
I will good say, theory, right? Uh, I will say, uh, better better FanDuel play than than, than uh, DK play in my opinion. Just a few hundred dollars cheaper. He's averaging 22 points over his past six games, and a, against uh, the Trailblazers this season, um, you know, might be spread across a few different teams. He's averaging about. 28 uh, DK points in 26 minutes, so he's averaging yeah. over a point per minute, and now he's playing close to 30. He's set up. It could be it could be a little bit of a Baysmore game, but uh, definitely a high risk GPP option. Don't trust that in your cash. No, it's a great GPP play though. I, it seems like there's a lot of great. That's why I'm loading up on the Apatria GPP line. It's it feels like a GPP night because we don't have the obliteration of having Harden Westbrook. You know, Anthony Davis, Giannis, LeBron, Luca, all those guys aren't playing. So it's uh, this this will be a, a slate where you can actually build a lineup of, you know, not having to take scrubs in there. So it's going to I like it. I like it a lot. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm going to have some fun constructing tonight. I, I kind of already got my main four guys. I think I'm, I'm loading up on just about everywhere. Uh, and then it's just mixing and matching this value and kind of going with the news as it breaks, Coach. It's going to be a fun night. It is. Remember, uh, join us. Join the team. Sign up. It is the greatest uh, group of NBA DFS folks, and we're going to launch baseball coming up in three weeks. We've got so much going on, and we have more fun than you can imagine in the Discord. So uh, go to DFSCoachTalk.com. to uh, sub, uh, sign up, you can subscribe right there. Uh, listen to us, uh, our tweets on Twitter, not listen, I guess, read at DFS Coach Talk. Uh, we'll be throwing stuff out there all the time. Again, the pros, you can, you can dial us up throughout uh, the day and uh, and then hunker down with us in Discord for at least that last 30 to 45 minutes when we finalize our lines. Um it's great stuff. We're excited. You know, we're doing well. We'd like to finish each show because, you know, a big part of the reason we launched this here is uh, was the tragedy that happened with Kobe. And we lo- we support the fund uh, that was set up uh, by Vanessa, or, uh, Kobe's widow. It's mambaon3.org. That's M-A-M-B-A-O-N-T-H-R-E-E.org. All spelled out. Fantastic uh place to donate and it real really feel like uh part of the basketball community and it, and it goes to those families uh that are trying to uh bounce back from from such a, a loss so we would encourage you to do that we we sort of have an ongoing thing here amongst the nine of us now uh that you know when we have a nice big hit we're taking 10 percent and we're going to mom bond three and taking care of those folks as well so all right, my man, this has been an excellent show. We've uh, done a little over an hour and something on a, on a five-gamer, so that's like our norm. Um, but we should get under the difficulties of trying to upload it, uh, so hopefully that doesn't create any issues now. And, uh, and that's it. Any final words, buddy? No, I would say uh, let's uh, you know let's get let's get this popping tonight in Discord. Let's make sure that we got a you know a nice a nice even you know mentality going into this. Have some fun tonight. Uh, it's Saturday. Get your favorite beverage. I know I'll probably have a nice uh, bourbon on the rocks tonight while I'm in there. So Very let's nice. just have let's have some fun, guys. I'm looking forward to this one. And I'll have my Corona just because I'm trying oh, to support them. Because of all this coronavirus stuff and those poor people. Talk about 
how'd you like to be the marketing manager for Corona beer? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, it's gotta be tough. You're, you're walking a fine line on that one. That's I can think of a few people. things off the top of my head that might not, uh, I guess be, you know, politically correct. Yeah. You know, uh, did you hear what the, uh, emergency plan is that, that silver announced yesterday? That's yeah. possible. They might have to it, play in front of nobody. Yeah. It's possible that next week, if this, pandemic they're calling it or epidemic one or the other if it is continues to spread at this rate and there are spots like in california it's going a little bonkers uh that the nba may play the game with no media no crowd just literally the the players and the direct personnel that are running the game uh and and that's it so that would be really weird i wonder how that would work for fantasy Who's keeping stats? They're going to have that guy in there still, I hope. <laughs> you know, they haven't announced that part of it. What a nightmare that would be. You know, I think somebody from the DFS world needs to suck it up, put one of those masks on, get some gloves, and just pump these stats in there, man. We cannot be without our NBA DFS. <laughs> I'll be there. I'll, I'd be out of the immune system of a horse. I want that. Uh, thing like on et you know the giant suit with the huge gloves and the yeah. uh, breathing apparatus i'd be in there no worries all right my man um how did what do you say we uh move on down the road and uh tell our story walking um enjoy the games tonight everybody join us in discord at dfs coach talk and we want to thank you for joining us for the race all right, my man. Um, how did? What do you say we uh, move on down the road and uh, tell our story? Walking. Um, enjoy the games tonight, everybody. Join us in Discord at DFS Coach Talk, and we want to thank you for joining us for the podcast version of the DFS Coach Talk. For my fellow NBA pros, Mike Apatria and Andrew Hansen, I'm Coach. We'll look to catch you again tomorrow when we crush it in NBA DFS.